No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. It is Friday night, and you're live with another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here at 6 p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, yes, Kitty B in the chat. DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner this Sunday. Happy birthday, JJ. Happy birthday, JJ Stoner. So Sunday, uh, I don't know what time he said, maybe midday or something. I don't know. I don't know. Get, get in touch with JJ. He's on Twitter. JJ Stoner. If you haven't checked out JJ yet, very different to this show. Like, let's say that from the get-go. If you watch this show or listen to this podcast, you haven't yet checked out JJ Stoner. It's very different. I will give you the tip, though. JJ Stoner's show makes a lot more sense if you happen to be smoking cannabis at the time. That's what I've been told, of course. I would never I would never engage in such silliness. But uh, that's what I've been told. JJ Stoner's show makes a lot more sense. <laughs> If 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 you're if you're smoking a joint, all of a sudden JJ's world becomes clear. The clouds open up. The sun shines on you. It makes sense. Un- unless you have that element, then it's really pointless watching JJ. Really, it's no point. Uh, of course, though, this Sunday, JJ Stoner's birthday. Check him out. DLive.tv/slash/JJStoner. Thank you for joining us, by the way. Because this is the Daily Boogie Podcast. We've got a cosy audience tonight, which I enjoy because that means we can just fuck around and do what we like. So I do have some stuff here ready to go. Uh, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to watch my eventual banning from Twitter, then you can do so by following me at boogiebumper. Uh, Kitty Bean in the chat saying 4 p.m. on Sunday. There you go. 4 p.m. Sunday for JJ Stoner's birthday bash on DLive. Let's kick it off tonight. It is Friday. I want to ease you into the weekend. I want to have a little bit of fun. So I came across something which is both very dumb and very nerdy at the same time. So I thought we better share it. We better discuss it. Who here has heard of a Markov chain? Okay. Now this is very, very nerdy math nerds shit okay so like there's a chinese name one uh, one of the authors of this particular explanation is chinese the other one i would suggest is from the subcontinent like india or thereabouts just going off the names at least their heritage is so that could that should give you an indication of just how maths nerdy this is (laughs) i hope that's not racist wow chinese are so good at maths how dare you you know, there are Chinese toilet cleaners as well, you know. Yes, I'm sorry. How could we forget about the Chinese toilet cleaners? So this is the explanation given. A Markov chain contains the probability of transferring one state to the next possible state in a sequence of events. When Markov chains are used in learning algorithms, it usually is the abstraction of the probabilistic data 
which can be used to infer how the next steps would be from the previous steps that just went through. Now, if you want me to translate that out of math nerd into regular person, think of it kind of like the predictive text on the old mobile phones. You know how the, like the words would pop up ahead of time because it's, it's basically running an algorithm determining what the next logical letter is in your sequence of letters, right? And so based on that, then it can, then it can uh, you know, predict the next letter and the next letter and then form a word. And then probabilistically, it can go through all of the logical combinations and come up with the most probable word to follow the word you just created and so on and so on and so on, right? You get it? If For anyone who's seen Westworld, think of the, like the big supercomputer that they're fighting in one of the latest seasons. The thing that can predict like how timelines go and it predicts one next month, next year, 10 years, 10 years by doing this kind of thing, right? So <clears throat> now that we've got the boring math shit out of the way, I want to show you this channel that I found just earlier this morning. Uh, this is Funk Turkey. I, I, I didn't know anything about him except for maybe a couple of hours ago, this Funk Turkey guy. So apparently on his about section of his YouTube page, he had like a, a parody song that went viral, uh, a Billie Eilish cover. But this is a little bit different. So what he's done is he's scooped up all of the lyrics to ZZ Top songs, okay? All of them, all of the available lyrics, and he's put them into this Markov chain algorithm, uh, algorithm and told it to write a song with all of the available data that he's put into this machine, okay? And, and this is the result. So, like I said, it's dumb but nerdy at the same time. I put the lyrics of ZZ... I put the lyrics of ZZ Top into a bot and asked it to write a song. This is what it came up with. ZZ Bot. <laughs> ZZ Bot. Funky with my baby. All right. <laughs> She don't like legs. You know I believe I'm a cowgirl. <laughs> like I said, it's dumb, but I love it. <laughs> Foggy in the chat, it's still better than Cardi B. Free hello rides. Oh shit, she don't like legs? No, she doesn't anymore. You've got legs. Oh, 
play that one again. What was it? Old bus done ran into my dresser. Yes, sir. <laughs> the, the fucking computer is cooler than any lyricist alive today. Bus done run into my dresser. Yes, sir. That's fucking gold. That is. No, I get paid. Woogie, woogie all over she me. She likes French cuisine. She was getting She was getting bombed. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Victor von Schroom with a very observant point. Lyrics don't mean nothing when you got a banger song. Kinda funky with my baby. There you go. I I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. <laughs> uh, I did put the link in the chat. I'll put the link in the chat again. Like I said, if you can combine ve- something very nerdy with something very dumb, it's always going to make me smile. Absolutely wonderful. All right, let's get into it, shall we? I wanted to play this. Ron DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, came out and said this. He was asked, you know, we covered on Monday all of the reporting, you know, the white supremacist Tom Brady, the evil Tom Brady, not wearing a mask, Tom Brady, people not wearing masks and whatnot and so on and so forth. So the governor of Florida, who I think a lot of people are starting to pay attention to now because of things like this, people outside of Florida, like I I shouldn't, I shouldn't be getting this news down here in Australia, what the governor of Florida is doing. It's a bit like the AOC effect, right? Logically, I shouldn't I should not know who AOC is. She's a second-term congresswoman from New York. You know, who cares, right? Um, but because of her ability to generate, you know, online conversation about herself and whatever help she gets in that department, her ability to thrust herself into the middle of every fucking conversation and hashtag there is. Because of that, you know, and of course, you know, she's young. People argue she's good looking, not really my type. I don't see it, but, you know, have at it, son. Whatever tickles your pickle. Because of all of these factors, she's known, she's a worldwide brand now. You know, it makes me laugh when conservatives are like, oh, fuck it, who cares about her? It doesn't matter. She's irrelevant. It's like, well, she's not irrelevant if, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of people in other countries around the world know who she is but probably don't know you know who the leader of the party is or who the senator is from New York right there's a reason that she's propelled so much and a a similar thing not as big obviously but in the aftermath over the last couple of months and stuff because COVID is such a hot issue any time that any politician in any of these western countries pops their heads up and says well excuse me you know I'm not sure that uh, COVID lockdowns are necessarily a good idea. I think we should have a little more freedom and whatnot. Because the, you know, the, the false consensus that's portrayed is so strong, anytime anyone pops their head up out of the trench, all of the media snipers zero in on them, you know. And so they get more attention. So I suspect that's what's behind Ron DeSantis being, you know, 
flashing up on timelines that are, are supposed to be for people outside of the United States, right? And so he had this to say the other day when he was asked a very, very obvious question by one of the tireless working members of the corporate press about all of the fans who were filmed celebrating who were not wearing a mask. I mean, somebody please think of the old people. I know you're very excited. I know you're very excited for your team winning. Just on that last night, uh, if you missed it, I was on the starting block with Greeno and we talked about the footage of Tom Brady being drunk and led away. And I was looking at all of these headlines and it was like, disgraceful Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady intoxicated, right? These kinds of vibes. After celebrating maskless, Tom Brady needs to be assisted uh, out of a venue, right? Causing uproar among parents, groups and shit. Like that, that's the angle they were going for. If I had have written that headline, it would be intoxicated man leaves venue without incident. That's it. That's it. I don't care. I don't care what I don't care what athletes do in their spare time. If they party and get fucking high, uh, if they motorboat strippers, I, I don't care. That's their problem. I only care about what happens on the field. All of this role model shit has always annoyed me because it just becomes a way to pick favorites, and the media can pick their favorites. And if you don't play ball with the media, if you don't give them what they want, then they'll just turn you into a villain. You can have two party boys. If the media likes you and you're the media darling, they will run cover for you and you can do whatever the fuck you want. But if you're somebody that the media detests for whatever reason, you irk them, you don't give them what they want, you don't fucking grovel to them, right? If you're one of these kinds of personalities, like, hey, I'm just here to play football, man. I'm just here to play football. I don't care about your little your little shit going on, right? Uh, they'll just tear you down for the same behaviour. So fuck all that. So anyway, Ron DeSantis was asked in the aftermath of this about what the, what the fuck is going on in Florida. Let's see what Ron's got to say for himself. Okay, you saw the large maskless crowds. Maskless. <laughs> The media is worried about that, obviously. You guys really love that. Uh, you don't care as much if it's a, quote, peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if there's... <laughs> now, you may not be able to pick it up, perhaps unless you're wearing headphones or something. He's actually getting laughs. He's getting laughs and claps from the people around. <laughs> Good one, Ron. He must eat away at these people, this guy. A lot of talk recently like, oh, people are now already saying 2024, Canada. A lot can happen between now and 2024. But I don't know, you know, because every time you give a politician a pat on the back, you know what happens? They fucking disappoint you. They they disappoint you. So I would be wary of just the same thing happening again if Ron DeSantis run for president. Like, like that happens to every single president of all time ever anyway. You know, he's fighting against a lot of history there. But let's just say, can you think of any other politician right now in the United States who's getting this kind of exposure, even though, uh, you know, the attempted spin is negative, right? But any politician that's getting this kind of exposure and like doubling down against lockdown, doubling down against mask laws and shit, I can't think of any other one. And I can't think of anyone that has already now, at this point, already, they've, he's already put a line in the sand. Sorry to use a cliche, but it's true. He's already put a line in the sand with the media. And, you know, 
running against the media has proven successful in the past, hasn't it? Obviously. But you've got to be willing, if you run against the media, you've got to be willing to do it all the way. Because now he has to understand, because he's poked them so much, because he's not groveling to them, because he's not uh, singing to their hymn sheet, right? If at some point in the future there comes a dilemma where the choice is to either double down again or apologise to the media, all of the pressure is going to be on him to apologise to the media, you know, take back your comments that was very racist. It'll be something along those lines, right? And if it's up to him, then he, he can either do that and grovel or he can double down again. But if he has to understand now, if he does one day do the apologising, grovelling, I take it back, blah, 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 he's never going to be forgiven, right? He's never going to be treated well because he's already pissed in their face, you know what I mean? They don't forget this shit. In five years from now, in ten years from now, they'll still hate Ron DeSantis regardless of what he does. And I just wonder how much Trump understood that dynamic. I wonder if Trump, like I, you know, I haven't previously thought about this, it just occurred to me. I wonder if Trump thought in his heart of hearts that, you know, the campaign is the campaign. And then once I'm president, if I govern for everyone and I do the things like for minority groups and shit like that, if I appease some of that more, you know, that, that commentary that's out there, you know, they'll start treating me differently. I wonder if he thought that. People would say that he never thought that, but then you look at his actions and I don't know. I wonder if he earnestly thought that they'll treat him fairly if he does good things for people, but that was never going to be the case. And Ron now has to know that. In, in fact, anybody who runs against the media, Democrat or Republican, can now see what happens to you if you beat them. The impeachment trial, right? The evisceration, just the constant, constant attacks. That's that's what's coming to you if you run against the media. So it's a tough one. Can you blame can you blame people for want to, wanting to protect their careers? You know what I mean? It's not for everyone. And as a result, uh, you get mediocrity by and large. You get 99.9% .9 of them not worth a fucking pinch of shit because of this dynamic. So I don't know where it is. But anyway, there you have it. Ron DeSantis, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, we'll play the whole clip, why not? So he's asked about all the people out there with the no masks celebrating the Super Bowl. What about that, Ron? The media is worried about that, obviously. You guys really love that. Uh, you don't care as much if it's a, quote, peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if they're celebrating a Biden election. You only care about if it's people that you don't like. So I'm a Bucks fan. I'm damn proud of what they did on Sunday night. And so in terms of the UK variant, here's what we know. We know based on all the, the evidence that these vaccines are going to be effective against that. And that's really the, the, the main concern. I found that interesting, right? That comment there, because that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. There's a lot that's not true, but we know the vaccines are effective against the new variant. To be fair, the vaccine companies themselves have been saying that it's it's not going to be very effective. You're going to have to have multiple vaccines for years to come. But why I find that comment interesting now is because in order 
to be oppositional to this guy, which they now must do. It's going to be their mission in life. They they are going to have to oppose him on everything he says, just like we saw for the last four or five years. They're going to need a new villain. They're going to need a new boogeyman. They can only suck so much blood out of Trump's bloated political corpse, right? It can only go so long. Now, they will suck a lot of blood out of Trump's political corpse, uh, corpse over the next few years. Don't get me wrong. It's not stopping soon, but it will stop at some time. And after that, they're going to have to find a replacement feed bag for the, for them and their fanged friends to suckle on for the next few years, to create a villain, to create some kind of polarizing character, somebody that we can all, that we can unite all of these disparate groups, the LGBTQ, the African-Americans, the Latino votes, can we, the women, right? We'll get all of, everybody who's not a white man, basically. And we'll get them all united against this white-ish man. I mean, he's Italian, so, you know, let's not go crazy here. So we'll unite them all against Ron DeSantis and there you go, you've got your new villain, you've got your new boogeyman. Already done, fucking shrink-wrapped, pop him in the microwave and he's done. So I'm waiting for that. So I find it interesting, in order to be oppositional to him, when he says, well, you know, the the new vaccines are going to be effective against the new virulent strains of COVID, now the media is going to have to come out and say the vaccines are not effective, (laughs) which is cute. (laughs) Because they will. They will. They will finally start reporting on just how ineffective some of these vaccines actually are instead of saying it's our ticket to the new normal, guys. Hey, if you get your vaccine, then you can get a travel passport. You can have your freedom back. They're going to have to change their tone slightly just in order to disagree with this fella. So there you go. Florida uh, Florida governor, ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis. Just before we move off the Buccaneers, this was shared with me by uh, Varun Prasad, former, well, still co-host of the, the Common Discourse, but we just haven't done it for a while. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm glad that somebody's considering the feelings of pirates here because... Here I was many sleepless nights over the last couple of weeks thinking, well, you know, Washington had to change their name because we don't want to offend people. And you've also got the racist Tom Brady playing against the racist Kansas City Chiefs, which is, of course, a very offensive name. And I kept wondering to myself, well, why are the Buccaneers escaping scrutiny here? Surely the Buccaneers is offensive to somebody. Can we not find anybody? Well, the Washington Post does not disappoint. They found somebody. They found somebody to be offended by the name the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers embody Tampa's love of pirates. Is that a problem? (laughs) It's a problem. It's problematic. (laughs) I mean, many things are a problem depending on your own perspective, right? A rainy day is a problem for a guy who mows lawns. A rainy day is a godsend for a farmer, though, who grows lawns. Isn't it fun? The, the love of pirates. We need to, you know, we need to, uh, we need to adjust our thinking culturally here. You know, we need to talk about the real history of pirates. Did you know that many pirates over the, uh, you know, over the course of history have indeed themselves been white men? <laughs> You know, I think we can call the pirates the capitalist extremists of the 17th century. If you think about it, what they were engaging in is just brutal capitalism. 
They were just taking shit. They were just taking money from people through strength. They really were like the Bush imperialists of the time. If the pirates were alive today, I'm sure they'd be voting Republican. Does anybody doubt that? Are the Buccaneers a problem? Let's find out. On Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take on the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. So this has obviously got a little bit of age on it. <laughs> yes, Mob Tech, the 18th century water-based ANCAPs. <laughs> exactly. Don't tread on me. Don't swim in my hole. On Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will take on the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs at Super Bowl LV at Raymond Stadium, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. The first time a team has played a Super Bowl at their home stadium, and the Buccaneers' name and logo are a true reflection of the city hosting the game, trumpeting its close association with pirate legends like Jose Gaspar, the namesake of an annual Tampa festival. So this is all just... <clears throat> listen to this. While this celebration of piracy... So they're talking about this festival. I don't know this festival. I've never heard of it. People from Tampa Bay, I guess, would know it, but I don't know your pirates. Who knows? Yet while this celebration of piracy seems like innocent fun and pride in local culture, God, these people are fucking wet blankets, aren't they? <laughs> you know what's coming already, don't you? While this celebration of piracy seems like innocent fun, because now here the media is going to, the corporate media is going to tell you why the thing you think is fun is actually awful. Because they're more cultured than you, right? They're more cultured than you. They're more intelligent than you. They're not as ignorant as you. you. You stupid, rube, ignorant rednecks down there celebrating piracy. Do you even know what pirates do? <laughs> Google your history, bro. Yet while this celebration of piracy seems like innocent fun and pride in a local culture, there is danger in romanticizing ruthless cutthroats who created a crisis in world trade when they captured and plundered thousands of ships on Atlantic trade routes between the Americas, Africa, and Great Britain. <laughs> These are the most miserable people on planet Earth. There are people who are growing up so malnourished that their belly, it looks like they've swallowed a medicine ball, right? You know, those big malnourished bellies you see? There are people, there are people on the plains of the Serengeti right now eating dirt who don't have it as bad as these very privileged upper middle class fucking white collar journalist types living in their, you know, living in their apartments in New York, right? Typing shit out on coffee in coffee shop. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but it's accurate. They they are just so they are so empathetic. They feel all of this misery and this turmoil throughout the ages. I mean, if we were living in another time, I think the journalists of today would be considered like the shamans, right? We would go to them for advice. We would go to them and ask them, how should we feel about this particular thing that our leader said? And they would tell us, well, the leader is the leader loves you and the leader wants to protect you. Therefore, you should be really angry at the guy that he doesn't like because that's a racist man. And we'd go, thank you so much. Thank you for filling us with your wisdom. But unfortunately, because we are in the wrong era of time, these people who would otherwise be truth tellers and prophecies, right, and watchmen and this kind of thing, 
they are now just relegated, unfortunately, to writing these blogs on what were formerly recognised and credible national newspapers and international brands. They're now just writing blogs about why the term buccaneer is offensive to them. (laughs) Unfortunately for us. They missed out. They missed out on their golden years. Why? Because it takes these murderous thieves who did terrible things like locking women and children in a burning church and makes them a symbol of freedom and adventure, erasing their wicked deeds from historical memory. The pirates are Nazis. The whitewashing of the pirate history of the Americas. We really need the Buccaneers to change their problematic name. Like these these people are the these are the people at a cocktail party nobody wants to talk to. Of course, the glamorization of Gaspar is not unusual or new. When we consider pirates, we think of swashbuckling films like Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yes, we should we should cancel pirates from movies as well. Because if you think about it. All of these movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, aren't they normalising misogynistic, you know, anarcho-capitalist behaviour? Really? Aren't they glorifying these awful, awful men? We shouldn't be normalising this kind of behaviour. Which spawned five additional films with a sixth in production. Please don't make a sixth Pirates of the Caribbean. God, that's that's the only franchise of movies that I've watched. I think, you know, because, you know, people like to say the the first movie's the best, the second movie's, you know, a little bit worse, the third movie's the worst, like, for every series, except for, like, Star Wars, right? But I don't find that true to be all. Like, I like Godfather 2 more than I like Godfather 1. Terminator 2 is better than Terminator 1. Alien 2 is better than the first Alien, right? There's a whole bunch of movies where they get better as they go on. Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, was the first series of... Because I made a commitment to myself, right? I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down, I'm going to watch all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And the first one was really good, love that. The second one was okay. The third one was pretty bad. By the time I got to like four and five, I was like, oh my fucking God, this is awful. And I think I tuned out about 45 minutes into the last one. And I was like, I cannot, I can't do this. This is fucking terrible. It was. It's the first series of movies I've seen which degenerate directly into shit, like like exponentially from one title to the next. And now they're making a six. Oh, that's sure to be a hit. It's going to be... It won't be a problem to reverse that trend. I need to know what happened to Philip and Sirena from the fourth movie. Uh, you, you don't need to find out what happened. You absolutely don't. <laughs> Oh, shit. Shit, I've been getting... Fuck, sorry. I've been getting, like, alerts and shit, and they're not working for some reason. Oh, hang on. Fuck. Sorry, guy. I had no idea. I had no idea. All right, let me just refresh all this stuff. Because that's no... That's no good. We can't have this. Okay. All right, let me try this. Hey, but no sound. Why no sound? Why no sound? Why you fuck me like this? Care? Care? 
try it again. No, no sound. It doesn't want to play sound tonight. Ain't that the darndest thing? Why no sound, bro? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on there. For some reason, that the sound isn't working. It does, it just doesn't want to play today. So I wish I could help you out. I, I'm sorry about that. So Victor von Schroom, just checking if his Streamlabs still worked. Also, there is no greater love than the German love for David Hasselhoff singing a love song. All right, let's have a look at this, shall we? Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you for the video, Victor. Carrier monkey, be still my heart. And Victor sent another one, another David, a double up on Hasselhoff. Let's have a look at one morning in June, some twenty years. Now we're talking. The sparkly jacket. But freedom, I have none. I've been looking for freedom. I've been looking so long. I've been looking for freedom. This is what they took from us. Bob <laughs> Tech in the chat. Why are my pants so tight suddenly? Fantastic. A jogging jacket, says Iceman in the chat. There you go. Thank you for the videos, Victor. Much appreciate. And Victor, thank you for the gifted sub over on DLive as well. Yeah, sorry for the alerts. I don't know why it's not working. I wish I could help you out. I don't know what the problem is. We just have to carry on. Uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, I thought this may be interesting just to cover just briefly. A little bit, little bit of an update on how we're keeping you safe here in 2021, ladies and gentlemen. First, let's do this. Because you know I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here in Australia. Well, I've got good news, ladies and gentlemen. We're keeping you safe. Let's have a look. As the country's COVID vaccine rollout edges closer, we're getting a clearer idea tonight of what we need to do. Good. It comes as the federal... Tell us what to do, please, corporate media. <laughs> what do you mean what I need to do? I don't work for the government. Why, why is the media giving me orders now? Okay, here's what you need to do. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, here's what you need to do. All right, tell me what I need to do, sir. The government reminds us that proof of a jab will be crucial for interstate oh. and ultimately overseas travel. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. Yes, you heard correctly. Proof of a vaccine jab will be required not only for international travel, but to go interstate as well. Yes, Mobtech in the chat, a fellow Australian interstate. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe, government. Can I see your papers? Remember six months ago, we were doing the stories about 
uh, like various venues were turning people back at the gate because they would check their address. So you might not be sick. You may not have come into contact with anybody who's sick, right? You might be living your own life. You might be social distancing. You might be wearing your mask. You might have been doing all of these things. But when the government comes out and says, okay, this particular area of the city is in lockdown, that's it. And if you go to a restaurant or something, because every you now have to scan in everywhere that you go. You have to give everybody your, your phone number, your address, right? Just to sit down and eat a steak. So, you know, if you went to one of these places and you scanned in and your addresses came up as being in the area that the government just decided is going to be locked down now, you could potentially get a fine. You would definitely not be allowed in the venue. They'd say, sorry, we can't have you in here. And if there was any, like, law enforcement around, they'd fine you. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. Let's carry on. Through China, across Europe and the United States, vaccines are on the march. Oh, yeah, just incidentally. So I'm sure everybody saw the news reports, pardon me, earlier in the week. Do you remember the news reports where the WHO, the World Health Organization, came out and said, you know what, there's no evidence to suggest this even started in China. We think it may have come from Australian beef. (laughs) Now, which is cute. So there's an, let's just say this, it may have come from Australian beef, okay? It might have come from Australian beef, but here are some other things that need to be discussed in that context, which the corporate media is conveniently ignoring. First of all, Australian beef is regarded quality-wise as some of the absolute top best in the world. Better than the United States, better than the UK. In fact, it is the best in the world, the highest rated, right? The best beef you can get here, scientifically speaking, on based on all of the characteristics that you can assign to a piece of fucking meat. We are the number one in the world. And a huge part of our export market is, of course, China, where any food that they grow themselves turns into poison. <laughs> okay? With all of the pollution and the t- genetic modification and whatnot. There's, a, there's an epidemic that's been going here for years and years and years where Chinese nationals will go to a supermarket and fill a whole shopping trolley with all of the baby food that they have in the store, right? I'm not joking. This is no news. So they would go up and buy all of the baby food they could find in the store and then they repackage it and send it back to China, sell it back to China, like on the internet, for like huge markups because they can't eat their own food because it's fucking terrible. It's poison. So, of course, the beef industry here big export market. So what what do you think happens to like beef stocks? What do you think happens to the price price of beef if the World Health Organization and China come out and say coronavirus was started with Australian beef? What do you think happens to the price of Australian beef considering that China purchases so fucking much of it? I don't know what it is. What do you think? See, none of the corporate media is even going to bother explaining that to you. They're just going to say, uh-oh, racist Australia poisoned everybody. <laughs> because they're stupid. Because they're very stupid people. Let's carry on. As the world builds an arsenal to battle coronavirus, Ooh, nice Australia language. hopes to deploy these weapons by the end of February. Listen to this. Program- we're, we're building an arsenal. We're deploying the weapons. Who are we at war with here? 
it's only paper thin. Huh? Who are we fighting? I didn't, I didn't know that science was so bloodthirsty. <laughs> I didn't know science was a neocon senator in, in 2002. We're building our arsenal. We're going to deploy our weapons. Lou Frigno in a chat with the most cogent comment, you. <laughs> They're at war with you. <laughs> and if that ain't love, thank you for protecting me. I don't know what he Thank you for keeping me safe. During the war, I hope the government arms up and deploys its weapons against the enemy. Over months, as it's rolled out, can change the nature of how Australia then manages the virus. Yeah. Proof of vaccination will become the passport out of lockdowns. There it is. Remember, it was 12, it was almost 12 months ago to the day where on this program, we played the clips from China and the, the technology that they were using in China at the time was you have a smartphone app, right? And this app determines, you could, you could think of it as like a freedom passport if you wanted to make some, up, some term up which would never be used anywhere else. So this app would determine whether or not you would COVID safe. It would track everybody around you, it would track your interactions. And if you happen to come into contact with somebody who had COVID at some point, you go to scan in at your work or scan in at the restaurant or scan in at the supermarket, uh, 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 big red X comes across the screen of the phone. And the people working at the door say, sorry, can't let you in. You're not COVID safe. You're potentially dangerous. Back home with you, two weeks minimum quarantine, right? And so now what do we have here? We're just, they're just openly telling you. Remember, how long have we been saying, like, it'll never happen here. Yeah, that's what they're doing in crazy China. It'll never happen here. How long have we been saying on this show that we're just copying everything that China has already done? Everything down to the, even down to the way that they are, uh, you know, down to the way that you're being asked to interact into, in, in the new normal world. You will have to prove via this, you know, via this technology. The only way out of lockdown, right? The only way that you can get back to the new normal, get your freedom back is by having the vaccine. Remember I told you, they don't have to come out and say that the vaccine is mandatory, right? They don't have to do that. They'll just, they'll just openly say to you, how many times have you heard me say this on the show? They'll just openly say to you, no, you don't have to have the vaccine. However, if you want to leave your house, you'll have to have the vaccine. That will, that will be the choice you're given. Hey, no, don't be silly. We're not making people get the vaccine. That's ridiculous conspiracy theory. However, if you want to leave your home and buy groceries, you'll have to have the vaccine. If, if, you, if you want to stumble, if you want to wander out of your cave from time to time, I'm afraid you'll have to have the vaccine. But I thought I didn't have to have the vaccine. You don't have to have the vaccine. It's not mandatory. However, if you want to have a job, go to a restaurant or just leave your home even, I'm afraid you're going to have to have the vaccine. How long have we been saying this? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because nobody cares about a thing until that thing is kicking them in the ass. That's when they start caring. But of course, by then it's already too late. So here we are. <laughs> It'll never happen here. Over months, as it's rolled out, uh, 
can change the nature of how Australia then manages the virus. Proof of vaccination will become the passport out of lockdowns. The, the proof of vaccination will be the passport out of lockdowns. I can't wait to get my passport. I can't wait to get my freedom back. You know, the thing I love most about the government and the corporate media is they're so willing to protect us. You know, they just want to tell us the truth and keep us protected and safe. And I've been looking very much looking forward to, I've been having Zoom meetings with my girlfriend and we were discussing, it's about time we got together and met at the local wine bar again. And then we can go to the bookshop across the road from the wine bar. It's going to be wonderful. As soon as I get my vaccination, I get my freedom back. And you know, what I love most about the corporate media is I hope they do everything they can to demonize what I like to call the science deniers. You know the science deniers who say that the vaccine isn't going to be a pathway out of lockdown because the vaccine companies themselves have already said that the vaccine isn't necessarily effective against the new strains and you'll have to have continuous vaccines for several years. They're obviously science deniers. I don't have to listen to the pharmaceutical companies because the media is telling me what to think. Here's what you need to... They even opened this story on the news by saying, here's what you need to do. (laughs) Welcome to the 6 o'clock news where we tell you what to do. (laughs) The The news has become a very interactive process from when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid, they, the news would tell us what was happening. Now they tell us what we need to do. It's very different. <laughs> Isn't it great? But you know, you know, you know. Hey, look, I don't want to make anybody panic. I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that this only happens in those crazy places like Australia. This only happens in crazy places like Australia. And in China, ladies and gentlemen, it happens in places like China. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. So yeah, this only happens in crazy places like Australia and China. You know, here in the here in the United States, this dumb foreign son bitch don't know what he talking about. We got the Second Amendment. We got our guns. They ain't gonna do that shit here. We got our Constitution. That ain't never gonna happen here. Well, ain't that the darndest thing? It'll never happen here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm glad that you're out there doing this work because somebody needs to be doing it. Yeah. Um, help us, though, understand what, what you did at the Super Bowl, but perhaps more importantly, because I think there's a lot of business leaders that are watching this program right now, and employees, too, yes. uh, who are thinking about what a world looks like where people really do get back to the office in a more meaningful way and how yeah. technology may or may not change that. Oh, yes. Oh. Time to get excited, my American brothers and sisters, because it'll never happen here. <laughs> They're already discussing it. Remember how many times again have we spoken about on this show the information blitzkrieg that we're living through? 
the way it works is they they already they're moving the ball down the field quicker than you're discussing the things that they're doing right so a lot of people are still stuck having the debate whether or not COVID is real or not right there are still people having that debate and I would try to I would you know very humbly suggest to those people that's not the real debate to which they would say what do you mean are you a fucking liberal or something like that and I would say no 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 what I mean is they're already rolling out freedom passports in the United States to go to events. They are doing what they call pilot programs, okay? This is already taking place. And let me tell you something about let me tell you about something something about people who have billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars who have access to politicians and whatnot, right? These people do not invest billions of dollars just for the population to turn around at the end and say, I don't want this. The I don't want this part of that is the part that's non-negotiable. You won't have a choice. They'll just do it to you. Like they're doing it to us. Like they're doing it to the UK. And people keep referencing the Constitution to me, Americans. And you know, American brothers and sisters, I love the Constitution. I love the story of the founding of the United States. I've been a long-time defender of the United States. But the reality is we know we know that they just ignore it. People with money and power will just find a way to ignore the Constitution. That's what they do. They did it for eight years under Barack Obama. Remember, every week there was a new story. Barack Obama's going against the Constitution. He's going against the Constitution. Yeah, okay, let's just say he went against the Constitution every day of his presidency for eight years. What difference did it make? He's the Nobel Peace Prize winning President Barack Obama in the eyes of history. It didn't make a scrap of difference. You know, George W. Bush was once rumoured to have said the Constitution is just a piece of paper. So what exactly are we talking about here? Come on, Boogs, don't be, you know, there goes that Daily Boogie again. You know, I hate these conspiracy theorists, bro. They're so full of conspiracies. You know, when he was playing those clips last year about, you know, China and the health passports and stuff, and he said, it'll never happen here. We're copying them. We're going to have this in the next 12 months or so. You know, I didn't believe him. You know why? Because he's a racist. Because <laughs> he's a racist and not a very nice guy. Because I, I heard him once. He said the N-word on a show. Did you believe that? Everything he says must be wrong. Of course. So thanks, Andrew. Great to be here. Great to be COVID here. COVID has created a ubiquitous problem Ooh, across so many industries. Yep. And Clear is partnering with these industries to help create the future of the fan experience like we did last night at the Super Bowl. What did you do, what did you do last night at the Super Bowl? Tell me about the fan experience. <laughs> I love it. I love this PR shit. I really do. What shall we call the stringent? What shall we call the stringent surveillance uh, controls that we're doing to people when they come to a game? I know we'll call it enhancing the fan experience. <laughs> right? This one looks dilapidated. It's cozy. <laughs> Please observe tunnel signage to mate to facilitate safe maintenance activities validating vaccinated healthcare workers, as you said, connecting their identity yeah. in an automated oh, and yeah. frictionless way. Friction, frictionless. That means no oversight. 
That's what frictionless means. <laughs> frictionless means there are no controls. <laughs> no, what we what we decided to do is just take the humans out of the process altogether. So it's just all run by the algorithm now. The computer will tell you whether you're sick or not. <laughs> The computer will tell you which building you're allowed to go into. Thank you, computer, for keeping me safe. Thank you for protecting me. To their vaccine results. And the power of the platform clear is creating this frictionless experience, making it safer and easier using this platform. Safer, easier, frictionless. What an experience. You know, <laughs> we're running here at the PR firm, we're running a bet to see how many buzzwords we can get our guys to say in one sentence. I think we're up to six on this. Who's got the pool on six buzzwords? Frictionless fan experience? <laughs> yes, that's four there. That's beautiful. Well done. Yes, exactly. Mobtech says frictionless means your data is being sold everywhere. Nice. <laughs> I hope somebody's getting rich off this, don't you? It would be, I tell you, it would be a terrible shame after doing all of this work to protect us if somebody wasn't making a lot of money. Incidentally, did you see the reporting throughout the week? I think it was the head of Pfizer, if I'm not mistaken. The head of Pfizer came out and said something along the lines of, well, now we all know that because of these various strains, Uh, one round of vaccines isn't going to be enough. And in fact, you're going to have to get annual vaccines for, quote, his words, not mine, quote, several years. Several years. Not one, not two. A bunch. (laughs) And, hey, the story can just keep rolling on, can't it? The next piece, we can just be talking, we can be talking about vaccines and people developing vaccines and new vaccines and new restrictions and lockdowns and science. We can be talking about all of these things, guys. How good is this going to be for the next week? Let's call it 10 years, maybe. Isn't that going to be wonderful? More news, more panels of experts, more research. Study claims that this kills you. Study claims the thing that kills you now saves you. Study, sa- study says there's no point saving anyone. Study says it's time for your annual vaccine. Isn't it going to be wonderful? I can't wait. Platform to enroll once and use it everywhere at the Uh Super Bowl, getting into your office building, going back to a restaurant, Broadway shows. I think last night was incredibly hopeful. It'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. And again, I just want to repeat, the videos we played in February last year. This is the 12-month anniversary of two weeks to stop the spread. In Feb last year, you can go back into the archives of my podcast and you, you, you can find the clips. I put the, if anything we reference on the show, I put a link to it on our Podbean website, uh, boogiebumper.podbean.com or podbean.boogiebumper.com. I really should know that after all of this after three years or so of posting there. Really terrible stuff. Um, But every link we refer to is on the Podbean website under the corresponding thing. So go back in the archive. Go look at February and March 
and you'll see us playing the clips of these apps being used in China to let you into sporting events, to let you into concerts, to let you into your own office, right? Your own job, to let you catch public transport, to let you go to the restaurants. The app will tell you whether or not you're allowed to go to work that day. And we were talking about it back then and we said, you watch, this will be rolled out in Western countries. And of course, people said it'll never happen here. And yet here we are. For clear is creating this frictionless experience, making it safer and easier, using this platform to enroll once and use it everywhere at the Super Bowl, getting into your office building, going back to a restaurant, Broadway shows. I think last night was incredibly hopeful and exciting. Hopeful and exciting. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The new normal. Hopeful and exciting days ahead for all. With that, I'm going to let you ponder on that while we take a quick five-minute break here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stick around, ladies and gentlemen. Much more coming up right after this. Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations. It's just uh, Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, I recommend him to all of our our, our service members and all of our, our union members require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughing, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... It's Charworthing to here with Char Money Live, where you can have a chahoochinani of a good time. We have everything from chakern events to a chasorcin macarons, where these chakans just be going chuck crazy It's off the hinge. We even got Karens jumping off of trailers! We got Karens going chuck crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamonix Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off Karens to come within six feet of your decision, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the Chamonix hotline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time transition from sleep to awake. our elders. Mr. Mueller, rather than purely relying on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? 
Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man. A younger man, we would host, we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then, uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big, big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company. And uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make, make tremendous friends. And then, of course, I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news. Because, as you know, in those days, they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down the, go down the road to get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullock, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Well, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were a, it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, well, that's I, I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about 60 times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what granddad would want. Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Friday night, easing you into the weekend here with the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, just a little quick plug, follow some of our friends. A lot of streams going on tonight, so why not check some out? Because I know you don't have a life. I know you don't have anything better to do, so you may as well check out some of our friends out there. 
So you've got Irrational Times. Now, is, is the, the quiz going to be on Irrational Times? There's a lot of chatter in the chat about a quiz. And it looks like Frozen Asian and Spent D versus Kitty B and Wastens. You got the Kimmy Show Thursday night. The Kimmy Show. Uh, I saw, incidentally, I saw Chris Mack in the in the chat earlier. Hello, sir. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Chris Mack will be on later tonight with At Real Person PLTCS around 11.30 p.m., somewhere around there. Uh, you got Christopher McDonald. You got Tr got follow all these great patriots. You got the Kimmy Show Thursday nights. It's every night with Kimmy. You got the Daily Boogie Monday, Wednesday, Friday on, on the Daily Boogie. And just incidentally, Chris, because we love Chris Mack here on the show. And I've now, for the last six months or so, I've been doing every promotion of the Kimmy Show in the voice of Chris Mack. Thursday night, you got a Kimmy Show. Check out Kimmy and the Kimmy Show. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just a little thing for Chris, because uh, Chris does give me a plug on Pirate Radio. Very appreciative of that. But Chris always says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the Daily Boogie. Chris, we've been doing, Chris is obviously a big fan of the show. We've been doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday now for around 12 months. <laughs> and every time, every time's like, don't forget to check out uh, Boogie Bumper. He's a great patriot. Uh, he's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> every time I'm like, no, I'm not, Chris. <laughs> I'm on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But that's that's part of that's that's part of the that's part of the charm of Christopher Mack. He always gets it wrong. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. So he's on a little later tonight, around eleven thirty p.m. If you can't you can't watch everyone live because there's going to be overlapping and stuff. But hey, replays are your friend. Just like China, just like China in the New World, replays are your friend. So that's on later tonight. Of course, you have got everybody's favorite lover of French women, Mersh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Joy of Pessy is going to be on later tonight as well at midnight. You've got so much going on. So much shit going on. And that's not that's before you even get to Saturday and Sunday and all of the other stuff. And Sunday, of course, yes, 4 p.m. Sunday. Tune in, our boy JJ Stoner. Happy birthday to JJ. Tune in, say happy birthday to JJ Stoner on Sunday. So, so much going on. But thank you for joining us. Yep, Daily Boogie, great patriot. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Daily Boogie Show. So back on the Daily Boogie Show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, we like to talk crap about a lot of various corporations and people and stuff from time to time. If we think that they're the bad guy. But I think when somebody does something right, they deserve credit for it, don't you think? Even if they do other things wrong. I think we should reward good behavior, generally speaking. So it's with great pleasure that I share this story with you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Friday night edition of the show. Project Veritas suspended by Twitter after story on hate speech algorithms. Wow, lockdown. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for protecting me. You know, you know, I would... I was feeling very victimized by all of this very harmful Project Veritas content, such as when they would go undercover at various corporate news outlets and show just how the newsmakers make the news. This was very harmful to me. I especially found it harmful when they would get employees from Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms on tape discussing about how much fun it is to censor what they determined to be the bad people how they would hide them. Thank you, thank you so much for protecting me, Twitter, from Project Veritas. <laughs> Gone. Out of there. 
Project Veritas and its reporting by President James O'Keefe have been suspended by Twitter in the wake of a social media on a story on social media hate speech algorithms. The investigative reporting organisation, long a thorn in the side of Silicon Valley, announced the move early Thursday. Wow, Twitter just locked down James O'Keefe's and Project Veritas account for reporting on Facebook VP Guy Rosen and his statements that Facebook freezes comments in places that algorithms think there may be hate speech. The group said via its Facebook page, ironically. Screenshots of Twitter's rationale to Mr. O'Keefe claim private information was posted without explicit permission. And when I saw that, these accounts were suspended for posting private information without explicit permission. I was, I reminded myself of the, uh, the incident last year with Tucker Carlson. Remember the people going to his home and posting videos out the front of his home? Of them, you know, screaming at him screaming that his wife deserves to be raped and stuff like that. Do you remember that footage? Well, I'm glad that that I'm glad that that wasn't removed because if we were to remove that, then we would be helping a fascist. And fascists like Tucker Carlson, I mean, they they kind of deserve it, don't they? Don't they have this coming? So, so we're thank you for protecting me, uh Twitter from Project Veritas. A YouTube video posted earlier in the week fe- uh, featured Mr. Rosen outside his home during an exchange with Project Veritas's Christian Harstock. <clears throat> Pardon me. At issue is an internal Facebook call in which Mr. Rosen talks about, quote, a system that is able to freeze commenting on threads in cases where our systems are detecting that there may be a thread that has hate speech or violence. So the computer is going to tell you, <laughs> welcome to the new normal. The computer is going to tell you whether or not you're allowed to go to work. The computer is going to tell you whether or not you're allowed to buy groceries. The computer is going to tell you whether or not you're allowed to leave your home. And then when you comment on Facebook, on your Facebook page, about the computer deciding whether you could go to work, buy groceries, or leave your home, the computer will then decide whether or not your comments should be banned. (laughs) Hey, thank you for keeping me safe. Because we can't have we can't have these awful anti-vaxxers out there spreading their hate speech, can we? I mean, if you think about it, coronavirus actually targets African Americans and people of colour at a higher rate than it targets white people. So if you're anti-vax, you're basically genociding people. It's hate speech. Really. It really is. I, can we not can we not call these people what they really are? genocidal maniacs Hmm? their opposition to vaccines and the vaccine rollout and these severe infringements on individual liberty (laughs) their their opposition to this is literally killing whole races of people so it's about time we treat it like the hate speech that it is Um, look that's all bad news I want to give you some good news I want to send you off the right way for the weekend here on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Val- is it Valentine's Day or is Valentine's Day just around the corner? I don't know. I've, I've got to make an admission. My wife and I, we don't do Valentine's Day. We think it's silly. So it's good. I, you know, Valentine's Day is for the period during the courtship where you're trying to get a wife, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Valentine's Day is only for people who aren't married yet. Once you're married, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> I don't have to do shit on Valentine's Fuck Valentine's Day. You know, you buy the flowers and the chocolates and you do all the dinners and stuff while you're trying to get laid. 
But once once you're married and getting laid is kind of locked in, then you don't have to worry about it that anymore. There's there's some free advice for the younger men in the audience. <laughs> Enjoy that. You don't have to worry. Maureen in the chat. My boyfriend and I don't do Valentine's either. There you go. You practice. You may as well get married. You may as well get married now. Simple. If you find another partner, if you find a potential partner that doesn't do Valentine's Day, you need to wife that bitch immediately because that's a keeper. I mean, sure, she might be a junkie who stabs you while you're asleep, but hey, at least you don't have to buy a card. Right? Look on the upside. So with Valentine's Day just around the corner, Sunday, is it? Sunday's Valentine's Day. Thank you, Victor Von Trum. With Valentine's Day just around the corner, uh, everybody's favourite president, Joe Biden, and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden... Uh, they decided to do this little display. Where are they? Are they on the White House grounds somewhere? I don't, I don't know where they are. Uh, incidentally, again, something that we spoke about the other night. Think about how, how perfect a start this is for the Joe Biden presidency. Look at the all of the conditions that have been created, right? He doesn't have to do... He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to front the press except for these you know, overtly cringe-worthy little fucking photo opportunities. The rest of the time, he can just stay inside and sign executive orders and everyone will celebrate him for doing such a wonderful job. Oh, look, he's finally addressing all of these things, right? Sucking his dick. Um, he doesn't have to do anything except that. And then all the media wants to talk about, all the media wants to cover, conversely, is how evil Donald Trump is, right? That's all they're talking about. We showed the MSNBC YouTube page the other day. Page after page after page after page of every video on MSNBC's YouTube page being about impeachment. Every single one. Page after page. So Biden gets to strut around and sign executive orders, doesn't have to answer any hard questions, and all the media is talking about is how evil the insurrectionist, white supremacist, um, terrorist former president is. <clears throat> they really do. They really are doing everything they can to give this guy the clearest run. And the only footage we we seem to get is stuff like this. Very important things like this Valentine's Day message. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Now. <laughs> Have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see what's on the screen. <clears throat> what you have is Joe and Jill Biden kind of sauntering around these grounds. And stuck in the grass, you have these huge love heart like cardboard cutouts. And the love hearts have, the love hearts have little inspirational messages written on them, like you would find on a Valentine's Day candy. <clears throat> you know those little Valentine's Day candies where it has things around them. So, so these are like peppered around this lawn. I see one that says love, serenity, strength, unity, healing, kindness. <laughs> Now, believe it or not, I personally have had a great deal of trouble trying to just trying to show people 
just how little they are respected by the politicians and how the politicians treat them like children. I would say, look at this presentation. Look at the way they're speaking to you. They are treating you like a toddler. And people say, that's ridiculous. The adults are in charge again. And and now these are our photo opportunities. Walking around with fucking, you know, they look like props that belong on a five-year-old's fucking feel-good after-school special, right? Healing, unity, love, kindness, serenity. Ah, It's childish. It's for children. This is the kind of thing that makes children happy. And they're doing it for you. Frozen Asian joining us in the chat, by the way. Just a quick reminder, like I said earlier, I think it's Irrational Times hosting it. The quiz, Frozen Asian and Spent D versus Kitty B. And Kimmy Show, why send you got to Kimmy Show? And I'm not going to play favorites here, obviously, but the terrible Frozen Asian and the horrendous Spent D are going to get their asses handed to them, hopefully. And that's that's my objective opinion. Because <laughs> I'm not playing favorites at all. Not getting involved in that. So good luck, Kimmy and Kitty B. And good luck to the host of the show. And that's it. Later on tonight. Kimmy and Kitty versus Frozen Asian and Spent D. So yeah, we're treating you like children. This is wonderful. Let's have a look. Let's carry on here. Look at this. What is there to see? Get a closer look. Why don't you take a picture to last longer? Compassion, courage, love. It's very basic. You know, she is an English teacher. This is the kind of thing that I would expect the teacher of, you know, 10-year-olds to come up with. Class, we've got a project today. We're doing a little project today on the White House lawn. We have little signs that say love and compassion and courage and healing and unity. <laughs> whilst whilst only whilst only, you know, a few yards down the road, they are they are doing an impeachment trial where they're saying the white supremacist inspired a terrorist insurrection. And then you cut and then let's cut to commercial. And then here's Joe Biden and Jill Biden walking around the grounds in front of like love hearts with healing and unity sign. We are, as people, so gullible. We are so dumb. And we are so willing to just fall for this fucking level of childish shit. We love it. We lap it up. We can't get enough. They do it because it works. It doesn't work for us on our little island of sanity here. They do it because it works for everybody else because everybody is stupid. (laughs) Everybody's an idiot. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? I like some healing and unity. What's your gift for Valentine's Day? Please, Major, go and take a big shit in front of the love sign. Please, please, good boy. Good boy, come on. Come on. How'd you go? I want I want him to cock the leg right on that healing fucking sign, don't you? Just wander, saunter right up to it. I want to see the steam off his piss fog up the camera lens. <laughs> there you go. Come on, Major. There you go. There's a good boy. Good boy. And then you kind of have to lean in. Bad Major. Bad Major. Somebody clean that up. And then you lean in and whisper in his ear. Good boy. <laughs> Valentine's Day is a big day. Valentine's Day is a big day. For real. What inspired For real. you to do this? What inspired you to do this? <laughs> I don't know. I hit my head when I fell out of bed. 
What inspired you to do this? I don't know. I had off milk in my to in my cereal this morning and it made me feel a little funny. And then I came out and this happened. That's what inspired me to do this. Big day. <laughs> I just geez, I just wanted to spread some joy. Fuck me. You know, what I love most about the current administration is it proves that the adults are finally in charge. <laughs> Foggy in the chat. Wait, she's proud of this? Yes! Don't you know how long this took? She had to get the cardboard cutouts. She had to get something written on them. It's inspirational. Yeah. Wow. First year we were vice president. No, you guys in the press walked out of the executive office building. What? In my office. <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> Every time they let this guy speak. <laughs> Let's have, I'll turn it up. So here's an audio warning. It might get a little bit loud. I'm turning it up to try and get Joe Biden's fucking utterances on tape here. Okay, so here we go. A little joy, a little hope, that's all. Yeah. First year we were vice president. And all you guys in the press walked out of the executive office building. Was... First year as vice president. And uh, indecipherable, the press walked out of the president's office. That's what I've got so far. Walked into my office. Walked into my office. And every single pane, the vice president's office. You see those panes? They're good. Three, six, nine, 18 panes in each window. She had taken her the school kind of paint the kids put on poster boards, <laughs> put a heart and said, Joe loves Jill. None of them said Joe loves Joe, but they Joe loves Jill. <laughs> he, he, he has that quality about him. He does. He has that quality where, you know, like we I'm sure we've all known like old guys. I'm not sure this applies to old women as much as it applies to old men. I'm sure we've all known an old man somewhere in our life, but he reminds me of like the old guy that is just so happy that somebody is talking to them. They just tell you everything that's happened over the last 50 years. You know what I mean? And these stories, they just have, they have no ending and no point. Now, if you like the old person that you're speaking to, you're happy to listen to the stories, right? But if, if you, have no personal connection to the old person at all. It's one of those eye-rolling moments, like, oh, here we go again, you know. <laughs> tell us tell us more, granddad. <laughs> so he's like, oh, first year when I was vice president, and uh, old press walked out of the uh, president's office and into my office, and you see uh, see all the ca the canes there in front of the and, the, and the panes, and the window panes, and the pane. You three, six, uh, there's, there's 18 panes over there, and... Uh, uh, there was a. Uh, they had the other uh, little uh, Jill was uh, with the kids, and they had the glitter glue, and they were going around and they were painting up uh, the little canes. And I saw a sticker, and it said uh, Joe loves Jill, and there was another sticker that said Joe loves Joe. But there was a sticker that said Joe loves Jill. This is the story. Now the best part about all this is that's one thing. Okay, we expect this from the media now. We know the way they play. What I'd like to do now, though, is show you some of the replies to this from your fellow voters, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm going to give you an option here. I'm going to give you a multiple choice. 
Press one in the chat if you think the replies will be mostly cynical, like saying, come on, this is ridiculous. What's the point of this? Stop treating us like children. Come on, what the hell is happening here? Press one in the chat if you think that's going to be the majority. Press two in the chat if you think the majority of comments are going to be overwhelming outpourings of emotion talking about how wonderful this is. (laughs) Press one in the chat for cynical. Press two in the chat for emotional outpouring. I'll let you decide. I've seen. I'm seeing a lot of twos. I am. I am tracking a lot of twos in the chat. Let's see how we go here. So the top reply. This is a four-minute must-watch to see who we really elected. <laughs> All the way through to the dogs and giving away coffee. I'm crying with gratitude after four years of hell. We win. <laughs> I'm crying with gratitude. Remember a few weeks ago I said these people cry when they fucking win. Right? It's a must watch. <laughs> it's a must watch. We could not have better human beings as president and first lady. He never shows he never once shows any type of affection to his beautiful dogs. If just for the show, please just rehome. Pets need love. <laughs> so this this guy's taking a cynical view, but he's been ratioed into non-existence because of that comment. It's nice to see a president and first lady to have the compassion and kindness to others. I mean, the, I've tried. To, we've we've been down this road so many times. It's it's hardly worth repeating again, but. This is how easy it is to convince idiots. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't think of any other way to say it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I promise. I, it's not my, I don't come out here thinking, how can I offend people today? I really don't. But this shit here, <laughs> right? This, this stuff here, this is designed to make idiots feel good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say it. This is how you make idiots happy. By doing these kinds of, you know, empty, shallow, uh, you know, cliched, obvious cliched photo op things that don't mean anything. That's how they that's how they get it all in life. So this one, this guy says, it's nice to see a president first lady to have compassion and kindness to others. What a nice change. You never saw this with Melania. No, instead you saw Melania doing like, I would suggest, you know, designs at Christmas time and having the white remember when she had the white trees the white Christmas trees as part of the first lady's design for Christmas and they said the white trees proves that she's a Nazi (laughs) (laughs) only only a white supremacist would line the halls with white trees what the hell is this is this a dog whistle to racists (laughs) (laughs) you never saw this from Melania you only saw Nazism Listen to this shit. Listen to these people. This is, quote, this is what we've been waiting for. A real president. <laughs> this this is probably my favourite comment. Listen to this guy. Why am I weeping at this? Question mark. <laughs> Why am I weeping at this? Is it the realisation of what we've been missing? Question mark. Dogs cavorting 
an empathetic exchange. A guy dressed in jeans and a leather jacket on a Friday morning. (laughs) A guy that's been busting his ass on things that matter for the past few weeks? Question mark. So this is a man who said this is a man who's telling you, you know, the Twitter world why he's weeping at this video. Well, yeah, they put the uh, the stickers on the panes, on the panes over there. You got three, six, uh, twelve. You got eighteen panes over there, and you know the kids like to make it a, with the with the glue, and they put the stickers on the pane. One of them said Joe loves Jill, and another one of the little panes over there said Joe loves Joe, but. Uh, you know, this one said Joe loves Jill. We just did this to bring some unity. You know, everybody's down because of COVID. And we're, we're doing this to bring some unity and, and love back into the world. And the reply, why am I weeping at this? So this is a guy telling you that he's weeping, but then he's trying to work through the internal monologue, like on a public forum. Like why he's trying to figure out why is he weeping? Why am I weeping at this? Is it the realization of what we've been missing? Dogs cavorting an empathetic exchange. A guy dressed in jeans and a leather jacket on a Friday morning. <laughs> that's on a Friday morning. Like that's well, if this if this hadn't happened on a Saturday, I wouldn't feel this way. You know, if this was a Tuesday morning romp on the on the garden with the with the dogs cavorting and the leather jacket, I would probably hate the guy. But because he did it on a Friday, that makes all the difference. A guy that's been busting his ass on things that matter. <laughs> People are just. People are stupid. Fantastic. Uh, and look, I forgive you if you're a little bit cynical in the chat and because of stories like this, you feel like the corporate media isn't doing enough to be at least a little bit more bipartisan, a little bit more objective. If you're in the chat telling me that <clears throat> the corporate media is ignoring things of import in order to protect their preferred candidate, I'm here to tell you that you, sir, are a conspiracy theorist. And I can prove it. I can prove that the media really does care about you. They care about the truth. And I can prove to you that the media is doing everything they can to uncover the questions to the, uh, the, uncover the answers to the questions you have, the important questions of our time. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Washington Post. Who pours the kibble? And other answers about daily life for dogs in the White House. (laughs) Yes. Who pours the kibble? And other answers. Because you needed to know about the dogs in the White House, didn't you? I mean, did you see them? Did you see them cavorting on the lawn? I'm weeping about this. This is making me weep. It's so beautiful. Democracy dies in darkness, by the way. Washington Post. After a four-year vacancy, the position of DOTUS, and yes, they even wrote DOTUS, Dog of the United States. (laughs) The DOTUS. (laughs) The first dogs. After a four-year vacancy, the position of DOTUS was filled this week by Major and Champ Biden. Everybody, see, I already don't trust Joe Biden because everybody knows that you give a dog a name with two syllables. Two syllables. Because it's easier for the dog to hear their name. It's easier for the dog to remember their name if it's two syllables with a distinct sound. That's like, like Rover, Rover, right? Fido. Because there's nothing else that sounds like Fido. 
But champ, major is okay. Champ, though, you can't have a one-word name syllable for a dog. That enough for me is enough to discount him as a president. <laughs> That's enough. Did he name his dog after one syllable? Yes. Fucking get rid of him. He can't be trusted. He doesn't know what he's talking about. When the two German shepherds entered the White House, they brought a great opportunity to dig into the day-to-day doggy logistics in one of the busiest and most powerful households in the world. This is an actual article. I didn't write this. This isn't the Babylon Bee or anything. This is Washington Post. For instance, who fills the water dish? (laughs) Who rubs the bellies? And who scoops the poop? Can the pups just pop into the Oval Office? And what if one ruins a rug or bites an ambassador? Well, he would have uh, diplomatic immunity, I'm sure. Here are the answers along with a peek into the lives of the first dogs. Who lets the dogs out? Okay. (laughs) There's a big explanation about who lets the dogs out. What do the dogs in the White House do all day? Have the dogs ever wrecked anything or anyone in the White House? Isn't it wonderful? Have any puppies been born in the White House? These are the important issues, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, democracy dies in darkness. Who picks up the dog shit? The answers to that and many other questions right here at the Washington Post. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, Let's do one more. Let's do one more. One more item here. Uh, of course, just again briefly on coronavirus, I want to I want to show you something though. So Matt Hancock, we've covered Matt Hancock before, and you have to pronounce his name like that. Hancock. It's a strong name, rigid. Matt Hancock is behaving like a tyrant. So Matt Hancock is the guy in the UK responsible for talking about lockdown laws and putting people into lockdowns and stuff. He's the government minister in a um, (coughs) conservative government. Thank you for keeping me safe, Boris Johnson. Have a listen to this. Prison sentences of up to 10 years await passengers who break COVID rules. 10 years in prison for breaking lockdown. Oh, it's getting real now, isn't it? It's getting real now. People returning to England from abroad face up to 10 years in prison if they break travel rules. Health Secretary Matt Hancock announced new staggeringly authoritarian enforcement measures in the House of Commons today. Passengers returning from one of 33 designated red list countries will have to quarantine in government-approved hotels from the next week. Anyone who lies on their passenger locator form about where they have visited one of these countries faces up to 10 years in jail. As the Telegraph's assistant head of travel, Oliver Smith, has pointed out, this is longer than some sentences for rape. Because apparently the average sentence for rape in the United Kingdom is eight years. So think about that. If you rape a stewardess on a plane, you can get eight years prison. However, if you fill out a travel form incorrectly, you can get 10 years. Wow. 
During the pandemic, we have faced unprecedented attacks on our civil liberties. We've been ordered to stay at home and have been banned from socialising under the threat of fines. But this latest move is the most draconian yet. Prison, prison should only be reserved for the most serious violent offenders, but we have reached now a stage where a 10-year sentence is considered an appropriate punishment for lying on a travel form. Matt Hancock, ladies and gentlemen. So the reason I wanted to play you that, uh, read you that, was to play you this. I saw this video the other day and I absolutely loved it. There's This is filmed by a guy who's having a cigarette in his own car in the street, okay? And a police car pulls up alongside him. This is in the UK. A police car pulls up alongside him and asks him, what is he doing? Because, you know, you've got the lockdown, you've got COVID restrictions, yada, yada, yada. So he filmed the interaction with the British police. Have a look at this. You see, in the car is not a lawful reason to come out in lockdown. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Why not? I'm it's locked up here, here in two rooms in emergency accommodation here, and I just came out just for five minutes, breather for my kids. Okay, smoking a cigarette. Why do you want me to smoke a cigarette inside? Have you guys got really nothing better mate, to do? Mate, this is huh? what we've been told to do now. To no, 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 this is... Mate, mate, this is what we've been told to do now. Listen to this. Sitting in the car is not a lawful reason to come out in lockdown. <laughs> He's like, mate, I'm, I'm up there. I'm locked down in two rooms. I'm taking a five-minute fucking smoke break. And he's not even standing on the street, right? He's not standing on the street to smoke a cigarette. He's in his own car. They, they knock on his window, wind down the window. What are you doing, mate? You're not allowed to be out. Oi, you got a license for that? <laughs> you got a license for that cigarette, mate? Hey, eh? what are you doing? Unreal. He's like, I love this guy because he's like, haven't you got anything better to do? <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. Why not? I'm it's locked not. up here, here in two rooms in emergency accommodation here, and I just came out just for five minutes, breather for my kids, okay? Smoking a cigarette. Why do you want me to smoke a cigarette inside? Have you guys got really nothing? Thank you for keeping me safe. Better mate, to do. Mate, this is huh? what we've been told to do now. To no, 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 this is not doing. what you've been told to do. Yes, you go, you go after criminals, mate. <laughs> no, mate, this is not what you've been told to do. You go after criminals, mate. I'm not a criminal. I love him. <laughs> this is our job now. Foggy in the chat writes, then your job is a fucking joke. <laughs> You know, we've been instructed to drive around the streets and get up everybody's arse if they're just out minding their own business now. That's our job now. No, 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 this is not what you've been told to do. You go, you go after criminals, mate. You go after I'm not criminals. a criminal, chat. No, 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 you, that is your job, going after criminals. You have seen lately what's going on. No, you taking, you guys are taking the mick, mate. If, if it's a lockdown, yeah, look at officer right next door to you. <laughs> He's got a point. He's got a point. Because, you know, there's two faces blurred out in this footage. Neither of them are wearing masks. So the cops are driving around in pairs. The, the cops are walking around in big groups. And they're coming up to people who are sitting on their own in a car smoking a cigarette. Oi, you're not allowed to be out here. This is not a lawful breach of lockdown, sir. Back inside you go. Fuck you, man. If it's a lockdown, what's with the fucking guy sitting right next to you, sir? <laughs> right? And do you remember last year we were talking about this phenomenon which would happen, right? 
Remember when we we first started reviewing the clips on this show about, you know, seeing cops like arrest people for eating a pizza, kicking down a guy's door, harassing people who were just, remember the footage we watched? People would just be sitting on a blanket on their own in a park and the cops would cut like reading a book and the cops would pull, they would drive the cop car into the park and pull up next to them. Like as if, like, as if they were about to run them over. Honk the horn, get out of here, fucking off you go, right? Chasing people away, harassing people. Like there was a guy who was swimming in the in the ocean on his own at the beach. Nobody else was on the beach. He was the only guy. They waited on the beach and then dragged him out and fined him. So we were watching all of these clips and I said to you, you watch what happens here because what's going to happen is the relationship between you know, the citizens and the police forces in all of these countries, the UK, Australia, Canada, the United States, New Zealand, whatever, the relationship between citizens and police is going to break down because of this. Because you're making enemies of people who are doing, they're not breaking any law. You know, sitting alone in your car smoking a cigarette is not breaking any laws. You are just harassing people, rightly or wrongly. And what's going to happen is eventually people are just going to, they're going to talk to you like this. Because I guarantee you, a lot of people who are now in these videos where they're telling the cops to fuck off, a lot of these people at some point in their lives would have probably been the ones who would have gone, yes, sir. Okay, sorry, sir. You know, I'll move on. But after so much of this, people are now getting to the stage where they're saying, no, fuck you. Fuck off, you know because the respect isn't there anymore. If you're, if you're chasing old ladies off park benches who aren't doing anything, if you're and you're dragging them away in handcuffs and stuff because they're reading a book on a blanket, you're going to lose the respect of people very quickly. And this is the effect. And like, not all cops are assholes. So the good cops just have to suffer with this now. But surely like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of common sense. You see a guy smoking a cigarette in his car on the street you drive but he's not doing anything there is no reason for you to go up and stick your fucking nose in and get in his business but that's that's what we do now we just expect it and like i said people are getting people are starting to get to the point where it's like i've had enough of you fuck off leave me alone Mate, if, if it's a lockdown, yeah, look at officer right next door to you. No, no, this, no, be, I am a citizen here and I have got, I've got my rights, mate. I've got my. <laughs> Karen sent me flaccid with a question in the chat. Question books, can you translate taking the mick? I could be wrong on my US assessment of said statement. Yes, because I think to you that would mean like taking home an Irishman, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> isn't a Mickey an Irishman in the States? So I guess if a pommy, if an Englishman said to you, oi, you're taking the mick, you would, I, I imagine you would say, I don't even know an Irishman. Why, what would I do with him? Why am I taking an Irishman? Taking the mick. See, we say in Australia, we say taking the piss. Right? They say taking the mick. Um, if you're taking the mick, God, how do I describe it to somebody who doesn't know? It's actually more difficult than it seems. Taking the mick is like, you know, you're bullshitting somebody. You know, you're pulling somebody's leg, right? It's like, mate, mate. <clears throat> like, if I came up to you, Steph, and said something like, Steph, I just got off the phone to the lottery. I've won $10 million, man. 
and you'd be like, bullshit. I'm like, no, no, I'm serious, man. I just won $10 million. You would turn around to me and say, Boogs, you're taking the mick. You're taking the mickey, right? It means you're lying to me. You're bullshitting me. So there you go. It doesn't mean you're taking home an Irishman. <laughs> All right. If it's a lockdown year, why is he sitting right next to you? He, that is your job, going after criminals. Yeah. You have seen lately what's going on. No, you take him. You guys are taking them. Mick, mate. If, if it's a lockdown year, look at officer right next door to you. No, no, this, no. But I am a citizen here, and I have got, I've got my rights, mate. I've got my rights. You get me? I'm sitting here in a private car park here. Whatever I'm doing, it's up to me. You cop come up to me and ask me what I'm doing here. Yes, it's I'm none of your business. It's none of your business. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Kang. Oh, the peasants are starting to get restless, aren't they? <laughs> With that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll leave it there tonight. The Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Uh, thank you for... Oh, sorry, Minister of Fun. Frozen Asian. See, I'm sorry I wasn't getting the alerts. I'm so sorry. Frozen Asian uh, with the Streamlabs. Thank you so much, sir. Before I forget, Gong Hai Fat Choi. Gong Hai Fat Choi. Boogie, even though you are rooting against us. Well, that's... Uh, see, Frozen's very, very manipulative. So I said, fuck Frozen Asian. I want Kimmy and uh, Kitty B to win. And Frozen Asian instead... Uh, instead of responding with banter, responded with donating to me and a kind hello. So it's very, it's very off-putting. Now I kind of want Frozen Asian to win. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got to admit it. Now I kind of want Frozen to win. Uh, Minister of Fun, Kimmy, with the, don't let, uh, the donation on stream. Sorry, when when things don't work, it distracts me. I'm on Sparko. I'm on I'm on Well done. Chats. Oh, it's Ben's birthday, is it? This is a happy birthday to Ben. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kimmy. The chats, ladies and gentlemen. Australian heroes. All right. Happy birthday, Ben K. Veritas. With that, let's get out of here, shall we? Thank you to everyone who contributed on Streamlabs and on DLive. Don't forget, like I said earlier, follow all of our friends. Later on, you've got everybody's favourite lover of French women, Mersh. Uh, you've got at Real Person PLTS with Chris Mack. you got Chris Mack doing the Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio show, Chris Mack, a great patriot. Uh, Thursday nights, you got the Kimmy Show. Don't forget about the Kimmy Show. Uh, of course, we'll be back on... you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Boogie Bumper, great patriot, Boogie Bumper. Monday, Wednesday, Friday with a daily boogie. <laughs> And of course, uh, the game show, Spent D, Frozen Asian versus Kitty B and Why Censored, which again, I think is on Irrational Times, or is it on, yeah, it's on Irrational Times' channel, dlive.tv slash Irrational Times later on tonight. Of course, don't forget Coffee Talk with Sandra as well, our Jersey girl. Um, who else? And um, that's it, I think. So I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Don't forget our other friends, of course, Major Tom, Joy of Pessy on later tonight. Major Tom, JJ Stoner, of course, uh, Royce Lopez, tip of the hat to the ROTC guys, and anyone else, uh, Winning TV tomorrow night, Saturday night, don't forget Winning TV, and anyone else I may have forgotten, Iceman4433, Chamani, of course. So, until Monday night, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.